back in the early days, unfortunately, we can't do that anymore because we moved our offices. But back in the early days, we used to light up the barbecues with a flamethrower. It was kind of, it was kind of crazy. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, true, true story. I'll, I will send you a, a, I have a picture of that. It's, a, it's amazing. <laughs> but when we moved our, in our new offices, we also decided to invest in a proper ball pool. And it's huge. It's like six meters and six on five meters. And we have like 25,000 balls in it. So yeah, crazy. We also added a, a hammam. You know, we, do, we definitely don't do things like other companies. Welcome to Let's Talk About CX, a show that will help you improve your customer experience and provide you ideas on how to amaze and delight your customers. We feature experts and authors from around the world who share their view and give you tips and tricks for great CX. And now, here's your host, Sultan Simlali. Hi, and welcome to Let's Talk About CX. As you all know, I have a passion for customer experience. When I'm started, I'm not entirely sure. It might be because I grew up in a shop in Brussels where my parents were working both. And I helped them, helped them on an almost daily basis. And so firsthand, how providing great customer experience leads to more business and more loyalty. And customer experience can be small things like bringing grocery to an older lady around the block or making sure that you have the right product at the right time for your customers. And customer experience is also providing a good experience and a great experience at the early stages of the relationship with a prospect. It is useless to have a great experience or to say, hey, we are leading in customer experience if your salespeople are prospecting like they did in 1999, then you're really killing your brand. And to address that topic today, I'm super happy to welcome Guillaume Portalier. Guillaume Portalier is the founder and COO of Wallaxi, which is a bootstrap startup that created a great sales prospection tool. Together with his team, he grew from 0 million to 6 million AR and from 0 to 10,000 clients worldwide. They now have 35 employees. They have a crazy culture. I hope we'll talk about it today. And at 28, he is the oldest guy in the group. So, Uncle Guillaume, great to have you on the call today. <laughs> hey, Sultan, thanks for, uh, for having me. That's so great. So, so, how does it feel to be that old? Yeah, well, I don't feel that old, to be honest. <laughs> I'm around the younger people. So, by the way, I'm not exactly the youngest one. I used to be for some time, but now we hired more, uh, more aged people. So, uh, I think the oldest is like 32 years old now. So okay. it's okay. I'm not the oldest one anymore. <laughs> You're an inclusive workplace. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, so Guillaume, uh, I, I was interested in your take on, on how you would define customer experience. Yeah, so customer experience. I think there's, a, there's multiple definition and I can, see, I can think of two aspects, two main aspects. So the first one is the experience with the product. So when you try a product for the first time, how your onboarding looks like and how you're teached how to use the product and how long it takes for you as a user to really 
understand the product and get the value out of the product. So for me, that's one big aspect of customer experience. And then you also have obviously the customer support. So the people that will be here to help you understand the product, make the most out of the product. And we spent quite a lot of time optimizing both. So happy to, happy to talk about it. Oh, that's great. So how do you, yeah, because you are providing a SaaS tool that people can buy a license for a month. So how do you get them sticky? How do you keep them within the Galaxy universe? Yeah, so, so first, a big point for us is, again, how we, we activate the user and how we make the user pay. And then we focus on retention, obviously. We have, so in the sales prospecting automation markets, there are dozens, if not hundreds of competitors on the market. Um, so it's a really crowded market. And if you want to succeed in a really crowded market, you need to stand out in at least one big important factor. And for us, it was how easy it is to use the tool and really everything around the tool being simple to use. So as a bootstrapped and, and, and a product-led growth company, we don't have any salespeople, which is kind of ironic for a, a company that sells prospecting, a sales prospecting tool. But yeah, for us, everything goes through the product. And when you start your product, the, the user, when you start your free trial at Galaxy, you have a, a series of tutorials video that helps you understand how, how the product works. And then we have a, a highly skilled support team that that helps you and that is available via the chats. Yeah, and, and, and that replies quite uh, quite rapidly. Yeah. Yeah, and I, th I think in a, in a previous conversation we had, we, we talked about the growth teams, where you see that in many startups, the, the name of the game is playing with paid ads to get people to buy a product. You guys are taking things completely differently. Yeah, indeed, we, we, we have a different approach regarding growth. Hmm. Usually, usually growth teams are all about customer acquisition. And for us, it's kind of the opposite. So if you take the uh, RFNL uh, for uh, awareness, acquisition, activation, uh, revenue, retention, referral, which is hmm. quite famous in the marketing, digital marketing industry. So if you take that funnel and you basically take the A from acquisition out, mm -hmm. it's basically the work of the growth team. So the growth team will work on awareness, on activation, on retention, on revenue and referral, but they will not work around acquisition. We have a dedicated team that works specifically for the acquisition. So mainly SEO and SEA and ads mm -hmm. overall. And then, yeah, so we are a big fan of A-B testing. Every time we can, we want to implement something new, we try to A, B, C test things. Mm -hmm. uh, so we A-B tested lots of things, whether we should provide coupons for people that are churning or should we provide seven day, 15, 14 days of free trial, et cetera. And then, yeah, so that's the, that's the focus on, of the growth team. That also mm -hmm. helps. So the, the growth team at Waxi really has a central role in the sense that they work across all teams. So they will work 
with the acquisition team on optimizing the blog, the landing page, the copywriting. They will work with the support team to make sure they have the best tool they need. So we, we as a technical team, we tend to... So we use Intercom, by the way, for the chat, mm -hmm. which is a great yeah. tool. It's really, it's the... It's really a central tool for us. It, it works as a, initially it's a, it's a chat support tool, but for mm -hmm. us, it's, a, it's way more than that. It's our CRM. It's, it's a, the way we communicate with our users. It's a, it, 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 we, we send the newsletter through it. We gather lots of data through it. And also it's, it's a tool that works great when you have a proper technical team, because you can also plug information into the tool. So to help customer support. So you have all the basic information you're, when you're on the chat, but you also have information that we have added and you can also plug in, etc. So yeah, we spent quite a lot of time thinking about how we could optimize the, the customer support. Yeah. And, and yeah, to, to answer also part of the question regarding how we, how we make sure people stay on the tool. I think we try to provide the best customer support experience possible mm -hmm. because for us, we see things as like the most difficult part of getting a client is actually getting a user. So it's taking someone from somewhere that has no clue about your product and then make him or her sign up to your product. That's the most difficult part. Okay. Mm -hmm. And once this person is using your product, you really have no choice, but to offer the best possible experience because you've made 80% of the job. So you just need to finish the job. Yeah. And, uh, and so today we have, as you've said, we have more than 10 K clients worldwide, and we have a, a team of four customer support. So. It is true that we are a bit understaffed right now and that we are hiring, but you know, we are almost, I think we can almost say that we are able to manage 2000 clients per, uh, per customer, which is absolutely huge because yeah, we have yeah. 10K clients, but we also have 70K active users. So overall, because yeah. we have a, a free, a freemium version. So mm -hmm. we overall have loads of, of, of volume, but we spend so much time optimizing the customer support that, you know, it's, we have like hundreds and hundreds of saved replies that you can access very rapidly. We push information automatically to the users when we detect they want to do certain behavior, etc. So yeah, we, we optimize it quite a lot. Oh, that's amazing. So, so you're able to, to deflect a lot of the, um, a lot of the calls by being able to analyze what people are doing and at the same time trying to be smart about how do you activate, when do you reach out and make sure that your small team can manage. How many customers did you say? 70,000? So yeah, we have, we have wow. 70,000 users, active users, but then we wow. have 10,000 um, 10, clients, but you know, free users. We also, again, to come back to the idea that you've made most of the work when you have one person from somewhere sign up to your products yeah. that we decided not to differentiate the level of support that you will get whether you're a free trial free user or a paying yeah. user so mm -hmm. you know everyone is a, is a, is on the same page we don't even have prioritized uh, conversation depending on your uh, the number of seats you have etc so yeah we, we have a uh, lots of volumes on the chat support wow it's impressive
and 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 getting back to your tool so you have i called it sales prospection tool on linkedin can you tell us more about what walaxi does and how yeah to to simplify i'd say so we tend to say that walaxi is a tool that allows you to contact people okay mm -hmm. both on linkedin and via email but and so obviously you might contact people for for sales prospecting purposes but you know the use cases are almost endless. Uh, we have lots of recruiters as well. We have uh, people that use the tool to find a job. Uh, we have you know people using it to conduct market studies, for example. Um, mm -hmm. I've personally used my tool to send you a message to you know find out if you were interested in having me on the podcast, for example. So you know there's really an endless uh, number of possibilities. And what really, what, what, what we really do is we leverage the LinkedIn database, which is absolutely huge and is by far the biggest and, and most precise databases in B2B business that you, that you can find. You have almost half a billion users on the platform that adds very detailed information about us, uh, about them, mm -hmm. sorry. So where they work, in what uh, sort of industry, how many years of experience, what they are interested in, etc. So when you're, uh, it's no matter your use case, it's absolutely certain that the people you want to contact are on LinkedIn. Yeah. And the platform is not really practical if you want to do that in bulk. So, you know, if you identify a list of, let's say, 500 people that you want to contact and you'd have to do that manually, it's quite tedious and you don't really have the possibility to have them in a sequence, you know, and, and when you prospect, when you, when you contact people, you want to automatically follow up if they do not respond, for example, and you can't really do that on LinkedIn. So you need external tools that will help you do that. And that's what Wallaxi is made for. Mm -hmm. yeah that's impressive so it allows me so so that's how you got in touch with me that, that's very interesting so because I, I did not realize it was kind of a automated message or something so it felt personal and i was like yeah interesting guillaume and then i looked you up and i said hey that's that's a great guy to have on the show so how, how do you, what would be a good tip or a couple of tips you would give for people to be successful using Wallaxi? Yeah, so there's, there's actually two components that will define whether your campaign is working or not, or have great results or poor results. The first one is your ability to identify who might be interested in your product, your service, or even in my case, it was, I was not selling a product. I was not selling a service. I just wanted to identify the people that would be interested in having me on the podcast. So first is, okay, mm -hmm. I need to think of the people that might be interested in having me on the show, okay, on their show. And so for that, I go to the sales navigator that I highly recommend, which is a, a paying uh, option on LinkedIn. But that is almost essential if you want to perform a, a decent campaign because you have access to loads of very precise filters. And, uh, you know, LinkedIn is not really incentivized to provide a, a good standard search. So the LinkedIn standard search, unless you're looking for a specific person when you, where, where you have first name, last name, it's, mm -hmm. not really, it's not really useful. So first, you, you, you start from your sales navigator search. 
that I've personally, you know, I, I search for people that have the title podcast host in a certain region, etc. Then you have your, your list of prospects. You import it into Wallaxy. And then the second component is your ability to craft a message that will resonate with your prospects. Um, and so for that, you need to have a couple of things in mind, but I would say first and foremost, being empathetic and being able to place yourself at the position of your uh, prospect. So namely, okay, if I were my prospect and I would send that message, how would I feel? How would I, would I respond? Would I respond positively? If no, why? And then, you know, by thinking like that you're able to improve on your on your on your copywriting and your and your messaging yeah. and and yeah there are a couple of things to to have in mind and i would say first in terms of the type of sequence that you would choose so just rapidly to to clarify on linkedin you need to for for those who are not really active users on linkedin so to contact people on linkedin you need to be what they call connected and mm -hmm. to be connected, you need to first send an invitation, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and you might as well add a, co a small note that is unless under 300 characters in yeah. that invite. So you send an invite, and if the person accepts the invite, then you're able to send messages. And so we see people sending using sequence that looks like send inv an invitation and then like seven messages. And, you know, there's no point in sending seven messages because if your prospect did not reply to your first or maybe second message, then, you know, it's not by adding five other, it is just called spam, you know? Yeah. And so I would say the simplest thing are the most effective. So in my case, for example, I've used a, a invite plus two messages. So I would say send you an invite with a short description of who am I and why I think I would be a, it would be interesting for you to have me on the show. I try to keep it short. I mean, I don't even have the space to write a, a, a very long message. And then I write a follow-up message two days after if you did not reply. And then a last message again two days after if you did not reply. And, you know, I keep it very short because, you know, we are all receiving dozens and dozens of prospecting messages on LinkedIn every day. So you really want to stand out first. And also you don't want to send like a a page-long message because, you know, people don't have the time to read that. And just by seeing how long your message is, they will, they will just ditch it. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, yeah, keep it short, keep it simple, and try to be in your uh, prospect boots, and you'll, uh, it will help a lot create your uh, messaging. Yeah, no, some, some very good tips, indeed. Sometimes you get those love letters, like and you, ju just opening it and looking like this oh this whole text and like okay i don't have time i'll read it later and then you end up never reading it so uh, oh, completely true and talking about wallaxy i'm really interested so when we first talked you said that you had kind of a special culture can, can you tell me more about it yeah so we have the chance of being young and a bit crazy. And yeah, we're lucky enough to have the possibility to basically create our dream environment. And so when we started the company, we had many motivation factors, but one of them was creating the world in which we wanted to work, like the dream 
environment. We didn't have a lot of work experience, as you can imagine, because I started the company, I was 25 years old and I was the older, oldest guy. But still, we wanted to promote a culture where a culture of freedom and happiness. And, you know, it might sound cheesy or whatsoever, or, or everybody trying to tell you and sell you the same thing. But we really thought hard about how to promote this culture into the company. And, you know, it wasn't only because we were super nice people that just want people to be happy. It's also because we, like, deep inside, we are absolutely convinced that happy people are more productive people and are more creative people. Mm -hmm. And for us as a tech company, it is extremely important to foster creativity because basically we do two things. We do product, so we do technical things and we do marketing and in both you need to be as creative as you can because you know when you're a developer what you do is basically when you write code and you're trying to create a feature or create a product there's not a single way to do that there are like thousands of ways to do that and the job of a developer is to find the way like i would say the, the most beautiful way but what it means is that you will try to find the most efficient way to do that. You know, it yeah. consumes less energy, it's more rapid, etc. So, and it's more stable in, in, in time. And to do that, basically, the, the developer works work is to be more creative, okay? So you really want to foster a creative and, and, and happy culture. And so, yeah, we've made... Yeah, we've made lots of crazy things. Very early on, we implemented... I, so obviously we were remote policy friendly. You would yeah. decide whether you want to work from the office or, or from home. We provided electric scooter for every employee so that they can move around the city and come to work without the need to use a car or even public transportation. Because here in South of France, it's definitely the most rapid and efficient way to, to move yourself. Mm. We also invested in a proper gym where, and it's crazy because we have like 80% of the company that is working out and it's not like they were working out before coming to the company. It's just that it's so convenient to have your gym at work. And also some, something we haven't in mind at the time was that I, you know, sometimes it might feel a bit stressful to go to the gym when you're a girl, yeah. you know, you don't want to be looked at or, yeah. uh, or you don't even know how to use the machine and, you know, you, you, so that's, that's something that can refrain people from going to the gym. And here, you know, yeah. you're working out with your colleagues. We even have a coach that, that comes to the office once a week to help you with your movement, etc. Yeah. Back in the early days, unfortunately, we can't do that anymore because we moved our offices. But back in the early days, we used to light up the barbecues with a flamethrower. It, kind of, it was kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, true, true story. I'll, I will send you a, a. I have a picture of that. It's a, it's amazing. <laughs> and and but when we moved our in our new offices, we also decided to invest in a proper ball pool, and it's huge. It's like six meters and six on five meters, and we have like twenty five thousand balls in it. So yeah, crazy. We also added a, a hammam. You know, we do, we definitely don't do things like other companies 
But again, we have the chance of being in the SaaS industry, which is quite a profitable industry. And, you know, yeah. it's hard to replicate that in every industry. And I'm fully aware of that, yeah. obviously. Again, we, we, in terms of HR, we decided to implement a unlimited paying holidays because we thought, obviously, it's not like people can be on holidays all year round and get a salary. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that this would make, would make no sense. But what it means is that you know, in France, we have five weeks of paid holidays, which might sound absolutely huge for American people. But here in France, it's perfectly normal and people tend to think that it's not enough. And we thought that by adding this possibility to take, you know, one day somewhere here and two days over there, not just to go and extend their holidays, but more to allow them to, you know, do things of everyday life that is not really holidays. I, I, I often take the example of you're going to the vet for your cat because he's, he's sick, for example. Well, you know, you need to go there in the afternoon on a, on a Monday, for example. And it's not holiday. So, you know, if you need to take a holiday, a day off for that, and that day off will not be used for proper holidays afterward, we, we feel it's a bit of a shame. And again, if you're super tired, you're not sick, like you're not on a, on a sick leave, but you're super tired and you need to take your Friday off. Again, it's not holidays. So we, we want to offer you the possibility to take that day off, but then still have your five weeks in, in, the, in, the, in the year to enjoy proper holidays. So this was the idea behind it. And also we feel like in, in particularly in our space, in the space, in the tech industry, there's such a huge difference between uh, people in terms of productivity that for us, it would make no sense that to force someone to stay five days a week at work if this person is able to do the work in three days, you know? If she's so productive that she's able to do her, her, her tasks perfectly in three days, there's absolutely no point of staying at work for two more days. So Indeed. that was also part of the reflection. Yeah. No, I, I think it's brilliant that you are thinking about that level of flexibility that is required. We have seen with the lockdowns that people, and I think for France, it was probably a, which has a very strong office, nine to seven culture not nine to five but the longest you stay the the harder you are working culture COVID has shown that people are serious enough to do their work and if they need to do things in between pick up the kids do some groceries or anything people do their job because we all feel responsibility responsibility to do it so it's it's great but it's great that you are implementing that and the flamethrower thing is yeah sounds like a crazy barbecue plan and Probably also one of the perks of being in a in a startup that you you can do those kind of things. If you would work for a multinational, not sure that HR would approve. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah, no. So you you have a great culture and a great company. I, I really enjoyed our conversation. Is there anything, a piece of advice, or something that you would give to the listeners before we part ways? Yeah, I would say for. All people that want to start a business to real I mean, it's a, it's a boring thing, you know, but it's really to be focused on solving a problem. So finding a problem and then crafting a solution and then pitching that solution to those who 
have this problem. It, it's really the easiest and yeah, easiest path to start a company is really to find a solution to a, a problem, not necessarily a big problem. You know, you can start niche answering a, 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 a small problem for a certain number of people, not, you know, curing cancer, obviously, but, you know, small things. And then from that niche, expand, etc. So yeah, it's usually uh, the easiest way. Yeah. Okay. Now sounds great. So I want to thank you, Guillaume, for being here today. I wish you all the best of luck in your Wallaxi adventures. A small note for the listeners today, Wallaxi will be offering a two-month trial. I hope I'm correct, Guillaume. A two-month right. trial of Wallaxi. The link will be provided in the show notes uh, along with some information. So please go and give it a try and say hello to Guillaume. You can reach out to him on LinkedIn uh, directly. Or if you use Wallaxi, maybe you can use the tool to connect with him. <laughs> okay. So thank you very much, Guillaume. Thanks, Ilsam. And uh, have a great day. Have a great day too. Let's Talk About CX is a show from Nostress Media. To learn more about our shows, please visit nostress.media, where you can sign up and be alerted whenever we have a new episode. I'm also inviting you to check Digital Explain to My Mom, our podcast where we invite digital experts who explain what they do in words our moms would understand. Check the show notes for a link to the podcast.